Off the Chains is sponsored by Simeon Brothers Creative. Design, print, and promotion. For any of your graphic design needs, please follow Simeon Brothers Creative on any of your social media platforms. That's S-I-M-I-A-N Brothers Creative. World and welcome to episode 13 of Off the Chains. This is a disc golf podcast for those who have a true love and passion for the sport. I am your host with the most, of course, Cody Intervold, PDGA member number 148739. And I'd like to start off this week's episode by giving a quick announcement, real quick. Um, it is officially December, people. We are officially running out of topics to talk about for the 2021 season, which means that. As of this episode, we will have episode 14 next week, where I will discuss a final tournament that I will be uh, participating in, a one-round tournament after Christmas, um, a day after Christmas, I guess I should say. Um, so that'll be on episode 14, that we'll be talking a little bit about that, and anything other disc golf related we can discuss. Um, and then uh, I will be taking... Um, on the 15th of December, yes, today's the first, so on the 15th of December, I will be, um, on December 15th, ironically, December 15th will be episode 15 of my podcast, Off the Chain, and, if, and episode 15 will be uh, the season finale of, of Off the Chain, so season one will be coming to an end, uh, season two will start up the, um week before the all-star weekend or either the week or the second week before um so probably sometime beginning mid-february of 2022 season two of off the chains will be coming back um but this episode next week and then the following week are coming to the end of season one um like i said i'm just running out of topics to talk about and it's kind of hard to as you're starting to run out of topic it's really hard to make everything talkable in an hour on this podcast that I do. So, um, today's episode will be the third to last episode of season one of Off the Chain. So, unfortunate, unfortunate, sad news because what the heck am I going to do for, you know, two months before I come back to you guys. But I just got to tell myself, if I can wait three months before I can start getting competitive in disc golf again, I think I can wait two months before I talk to you guys. So, um... Episode, we'll have episode 13, 14, and 15 of season one of Off the Chains, and then we'll have a two-month break 
Um, and then we will come back in the beginning or mid of February for season two startup. So, and that'll be the start of the 2022 season. So, um, all right, let's open up se uh, episode 13 this week by talking more off-season moves. And um, real quick, I want to talk about, if you guys don't know um, who Brad Schick is, Brad Schick is a U.S. Mas uh, a Masters player. He's a U.S. Masters champion of uh, 2021. Uh, he's been a player that's a big player in the sport. Uh, he's been sponsored by Discraft for a little bit here now. Um, and it was just reported today. So I can talk about this real quick. Oh, I think I just, took a, just clicked on his picture. Hang on. Yeah, it was reported today that... Reigning U.S. Masters champion Brad Schick has extended his contract with Discraft for another two seasons, keeping him with his manufacturer sponsor through 2023. Schick said, quote, I have said it before, and I will say it again, Discraft Disc Golf is the best. They continue to raise the bar with more support than ever before. I cannot thank them enough, and it pushes me to practice more and more, and more every day and improve my skills, unquote. Schick has been playing in the Open Division since 1994 and has been sponsored by Discraft almost as long. He has an Open Division PDGA National Tour win, the 2008 Brent Hamburg Memorial Open that he won in his hometown in Ohio, and a Masters Division National Tour victory at the 2017 Pittsburgh Flying Disc Open. This season's U.S. Masters Championship came down to the final hole against a competitor Schick is very familiar with, and that is Mr. Dave Felberg. Um, so, a little, uh, not surprising for me, if anybody knows who Brad Schick is, he's been with Discraft for God knows how long, um, so the fact that he ex signed a two-year extension does not surprise me at all, so, congratulations to Mr. Schick on the contract extension with Discraft. Um, and now we get to the big, um, off-season move, and... If anybody has not heard about this yet, um, like I say in the last couple things I've said about it, where the hell have you been? But um, it was reported... Where? It was reported back on... Go ahead and find it here. On November 29th, so about two days ago. Or about two days ago. It was two days ago. Um, that uh, This is coming from Alter World Disc Golf, and it says here that despite signing a three-year extension before the 2021 season, Matt Bell has announced that he is parting ways with his sponsor, DGA. Um, Matt Bell said in a quote, to represent DGA for the past three seasons has been an amazing experience full of memories to last a lifetime. The biggest honor in my career so far was having a signature series putter with Steady Ed's PDGA numbers W01. Included next to mine. Said, uh, while I will no longer be representing DGA, I hope I can make Ed, Farina, Scott, and everyone at DGA proud of the way I represent our sport and share our love of the game with others. I will see you all out on tour in 2022. Bell joined DGA in 2019 and is known for his circle through putting prowess. He had a top four finish at the 2021 MVP Open and top tens at Masters Cup and the Green Mountain Championship. Prior to DGA, Matt Bell's Bell was sponsored by Latitude 64 and won the putting championship at the 2016 PDGA Pro World Championships. DGA said in a statement, quote, It's been a pleasure working with Matt over the past three seasons. We've said wow with the rest of you when he made an impossibly long putt. 
and have considered it an honor to get to know what a great person he is. We wish him nothing but the best moving forward in his disc golf career. So, um, I was actually having this talk with my buddies the other day about this, and, um, because we were kind of talking about, you know, Eric Oakley moved to Infinite, and, um, um, Drew Gibson did the lifetime deal, and Matty O is going to Westside, just all these players that were part of that, uh, DGPM group, and, um, so when we saw all the other names on there, I said, I wonder if all these players on this group are going to move, because, um, it just seems like everybody on the, you know, the top names have so far, like Eric Oakley, I said, you know, Drew Gibson, um, Matt, Matt Ora, Matt Yo, uh, and now Matt Bell. So I think if Matt, if I had to guess, my guess would have to be probably Infinite, just like everybody else did, because Infinite just seems like the main place to go. You can throw a mixed bag, and mixed bag is always the way to go, so you don't, you know. Don't always have to throw for the same company, which I think that's going to end up being the biggest thing of disc golf in the future. It's just people playing for sponsorships that can throw a mixed bag and um, don't have to throw by just one company. But I also believe, however, that you will still get those players, like you'll still get those Paul McBeth, those Paige Pierces, those uh, Ricky Wysockis, those Eagle McMahon, Simon Lazats, you know, that it will always stay to a company and always stay with that one manufacturer. Which, there's nothing wrong with that either, but... I personally love the idea of people playing with mixed bags because it gives us excitement because it's like, oh, like someone throws a drive with an Avenger SS and then, oh, someone has to throw a mid-range with a, you know, a, a method or a tactic or whatever. And then, oh, you got to putt with a freaking uh, pilot. So it's just like the fact that you can be like, oh, I threw something for Discraft off my drive. Oh, I threw something from Dismania off my, for my approach. Oh, I threw a, uh, Axiom or an MVP, uh, disc, a uh, putter. You know, just stuff like that kind of makes it, gives me a cool idea. Or not me a cool idea, I guess I should say. It gives the disc golf, the sport of disc golf, a great idea on what it's like to be a professional and be able to throw a mixed bag, which... It just seems like that's just the bigger and bigger thing that's been happening, especially this uh, off-season. And we just got started in the off-season. We're just a little over a month in. Actually, we're almost two months in, I guess. So, But super happy to see Matt Bell uh, moving on. Um, and to be honest, with him leaving DGA, is there really any, like, I mean, obviously there will be big names sponsored by them, but, like, any, like, big names, like, is there any, like, Eagle, like names like Eagles or, like, Rickies or... You know, like, some, like, big name like that that is sponsored by DGA. Um, I just don't... I mean, i never seen... I never I guess I haven't really done my homework on it, so I personally wouldn't know. Um, if anybody can think of off the top of their heads that listens to this show, um, any big names that are sponsored by DGA, uh, please let me know, because I am drawing a blank. So, uh, to see where he's going to go is going to be the next exciting thing. And me personally, like I said, I truly believe if he's going to go anywhere, it would have to be infinite. Or who knows, he might go back to his old fan manufacturer lat uh, latitude. So you just never know about the sport of disc golf. And that's why I'm a, I just love the idea of it. So. <sighs> Ooh, excuse me. That's all really I got for as far as off-season moves I talked about the last, as we discussed last time, but. Alright, people. And this is kind of, this is probably going to be one of my most favorite episodes. 
I can't say it is my favorite episode, because as obviously by far my favorite episode was with Gavin that I did back in episode 10, which I, we are at 39 views at it, and if you have not gotten a chance to go on there yet and listen to the episode I did with Gavin, please do, man. It was a great time with him spending an hour out of his busy time with him recovering from his uh, torn labrum surgery and trying to rehab his shoulder. Super funny guy, super cool down-to-earth person. Uh, he'll be very open with you. Uh, we talked about this past season, you know, all that cool stuff, um, all the cool adventures he went on. I even got to, I even asked him his reaction at the James Conrad shot and how James Conrad is as a person. Um, and he's and he even got some great funny things too to, uh, that he talked about. He doesn't really have good, he doesn't really like to tell great uh, big stories, but he does have some funny ones too. So. Or some funny things that he liked to say on that. So, if you haven't gotten the chance to listen to the episode I did with Gavin Rathbun back in episode 10, please do. It's a great listen. Um, and that, then, unfortunately, this episode happened, like, a week before he moved, like, a couple days before he changed over to Dynamic Disc. So, we didn't really talk about that. But, we all, we all, we just pretty much talked about everything that he did this past season and how he got his name known. Um, well, his name was already known, I guess, around Illinois, but his name known bigger. In the in the sport of disc golf, so. But the reason why I'm saying that this is probably one of my favorite episodes is because this is the episode where we get to talk about um, not just because uh, we always talk about the pros end of your stats, but I it was I was asked by a couple of my buddies, um, have I ever thought about doing an episode where we just sit here and we talk about uh, my stats of the past uh, disc golf season. And I thought to myself, I'm like, what would we talk about? It's like, oh, you know, like, how many, you know, tournaments did you do? Uh, what was your worst finishes? What was your best finishes? Uh, how many podium finishes you had? How many strokes total did you do in the season? And it just really got me thinking. It's like, man. It got me thinking. I looked at my past schedule, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, well, I could talk about this. Oh, I got a cool story to tell about this. Oh, I got a really cool story to tell about that. And then it just got me thinking, and before I knew it, I had my ideas for episode 13. So, as, well, it says on here, as I do these stats for you, it's only after 18 events, but I am doing a 19th events, and, a 19th event, and that'll be the day after Christmas on the 26th called the Shady Christmas. It's called a Shady Christmas sponsored, our tournament's directed by, uh, Mr. Uh, 2021 Crash at the Canyons 5 winner, Mr. Dan Effen Schlitter. And I'm like, super excited to get to see him again. Uh, super funny guy, super cool guy. Uh, you have no idea how excited, how cool it was to uh, witness him win. Um, a local from Illinois to win it. Saying to a playoff with Terry Roethlisberger and be able to win it like he did. Uh, that's super, super cool. Um, so I'm excited to play his tournament that he's got coming up the day after Christmas. But we're not going to really talk about that much right now because we'll talk about that as, uh, in the next week's episode. But um, I was doing my homework and I officially did so far this year 18 events where I did 12 of them in MA4, which is the novice division. And then I did uh, six events this year in MA3. And... Um, as far for the MA3 events, I ended up doing six events. Um, and those six events for MA3, my worst finish was 30th place at the iOS 10, number 109, Illinois Open Series 109 uh, at Oswego Open. I just kind of fell apart. Wind was, weather was terrible. 
Uh, wind was bad, rain was bad, I couldn't get anything going, putts were awful, I couldn't get my disc to, I feel like I didn't put anything on my disc and it'd go flying 45, 50 feet over the basket, or I feel like I'd put too much on it and there wasn't enough in it, so, just a really bad day, that by far was probably my worst finish of the year. Um, best finish in MA3 was 6th place down at the FAM. Uh, the Cody Drew Classic in Decatur, Illinois, which there was only six people in that. So technically I got last place, but on the PDGA website, it does say that I have a sixth place finish in MA3. But even though that even though that division I finished last place in, I still don't think that was my worst performance of the year. I by far think that uh, when I played at Oswego was bad, which was really, really, really pissed me off because... I play, I'm not that bad at Oswego. I mean, I'm okay. I'm not great, but I'm okay. You know, I think my worst game there ever was like, when I first started, it was like 30 plus over or more, I believe. And then my best there was ever was like a two under. So I'm not like saying I'm bad uh, there, but the fact that I played the way I did there um, definitely upset me because I know, def I know I can play a hell of a lot better than I did. But um, yeah, so that... That one was obviously my worst, and that wasn't even a last place finish either, so. But my best place finish in MA3 this year was a sixth place finish. And the six events that I did, I did two top, I finished two of them in top ten finishes. I did not get any podium finishes in um, MA3. But, um, and in MA3, I um, had a total of 780 strokes, so. That doesn't, doesn't seem like a lot, but I also seems that's kind of a lot for only doing six events. So, um, and then, but yeah, as far as those six events that I did for MA three, I think we'll just take it back. The first one I did was April tenth to the eleventh at, at the first NADGT event I ever did, and that was at the Oaks at uh, Mokina. And I think there was probably like 60 or 70 plus players signed up for the MA3 division, which was the lowest division for that tournament. So I couldn't even play MA4 if I wanted to. And I think out of like the 70 players, I got 20. I finished 29th place, which I know I could play a lot better there than I have because I I love playing the Oaks and Mokina, went by far in Illinois, Mokina, Illinois, by far. One of my favorite courses, it's a great layout, great course. Uh, Scott Rangel and Circle One Disc Golf do a fantastic job with uh, the tournaments they have ran there every year and all the uh, leagues and events they run, tag events and whatnot. So um, that one was my first MA3 event of the year um, with a finished 29th place at uh, with 178 strokes. I could not tell you what I finished. Uh, I, I can tell you what the place was, obviously, but... Um, I did not take the time to do my homework and see like what my score was, but I just know that I got 29th place, and that was one of my favorite tournaments to play because even though I only got 29th place, uh, my buddy Alex Ator uh, played very, very well, and he ended up getting a fourth place finish and actually got an invite down to participate in the um, NADGT Amateur Championships down in Texas, which was super cool too. Which he didn't get to go because he had his kid. He's got responsibilities being a parent and having work and whatnot. But the idea of even getting the chance to be like considered eligible to go 
uh, it was a pretty cool feeling to see him, and I was joking with him all the time. I said, well, if you don't go, man, just let me know and see if you can give your invite to someone else and see if I can take it. But, which, obviously, I don't have, like, family. I don't have kids or a girl or whatnot at the time, which hopefully that comes soon, but I'm not waiting any time. I'm not waiting, holding my breath for that. You know, I'm not trying to rush into anything, but... Um, so if, like, he was like, oh, yeah, they totally said I could let you take my spot, I would have totally packed my stuff, <laughs> try in the... 14, 15 hour drive or whatever, how long it takes to get down to Texas, because it took us, my buddies and I, 14 hours to get down to, like, where the Cowboys Stadium is when we watch college football playoffs, like, back in 2015, 2016, so, um, I would have totally taken the drive down, all the way down there to be able to go and participate in that, so, and another reason why that tournament is one of my favorites was because Chris Lozo, one of my good friends, uh, didn't start off very well. I think he was two under after the first tournament, which or first round, which I told him at the time because I was just starting to really get into playing and whatnot. I said, "Dude, if I finished my first round at two under, I would be like the happiest person in the world." So, I, I finished like three or four over the first round. So I think he'd be perfectly fine, you know. So, and then the second round, I'm you know I'm kind of bummed with my score. Uh, I had a bad shot on the final hole, and I threw an essence <laughs> just to get it up to the basket, you know, take my four or whatnot, move on, and I about damn near freaking threw it right in on the second shot. It was a par four, no, a par three, and I about got the birdie on the second shot. Hit the top of the basket, lands about 15 feet out, and then I was able to sink the putt and save the par, which at the time I thought I was taking a bogey for sure. I had such a bad lay. I just threw Essence on an angled shot on an Anheuser, and wind just caught it at the right angle and just sailed it back in at the last second, and I just hit the top of the, just grazed the top of the basket. I was like, oh, come on! Like, I was in no place to get a podium finish, but that would have been a great way to finish it, you know, end my tournament, so. But as we're, you know, tallying our scores going into that, I just checked on the live score to see where my buddy Chris was, where Ator was, and saw Ator was in finished fourth. And I saw that Chris just went on a goddamn heater. This man ended up going 13 down in that, uh, in like the 27 holes we played. He shot 13 under in that second round. Ended up taking it to with a guy who had was did 12 under the first day round and three under the second day. So they were in a playoff going into that. And Chris unfortunately lost the playoff in the first round or the first hole, but he ended up getting second place and he ended up getting the invite down to play in Texas. And I think that was probably by far the most competitive and the, and the best disc golf I've ever seen Chris Lezzo play in his life. I'm sure he's probably had other moments better than that um, in the past before I got the chance to meet him a few years ago. But um, that, as far as long as I've known him since 20... God, it's already been five years. 2016, um, that is by far the best di uh, game of disc golf I've ever seen that man play. So... Uh, that's probably one of the my favorite tournaments that sticks out in the back of my mind was just the fact that they um, they played as well as they did and the fact that Chris went on the heater he did. So That one was my first MA3 tournament of the year and that one was one of my favorites just because of that and seeing how competitive they were. Um, I did not play in another MA3 event until June 27th at iOS 107 that was down in... Uh, or, out west in Northwood, in uh, Morton, Illinois. And the reason why I decided to do MA3 in that, because I wasn't a rec player yet. I was still like, considered MA4. 
But my nephew Jordan, who turned five years old this year's uh, birthday, is June 28th, and we were having this party on the 26th, which my division for this tournament was playing that day. So I couldn't do it. So unfortunately, um, I had to end up playing MA3, which I was super nervous going into because I'm like, oh God, I'm playing people that are, are a little better than the division I'm normally in, you know, and... But I'm okay. I was okay with it because, you know, at the end of the day, my nephew is way more important. I love disc golf. Don't get me wrong. It saved a lot of my life with my depression, helped me with my depression and anxiety. But my nephew is probably, my nephews, I guess I should say, are the two most important or two of the most important people in my life. And they will always come before the sport of disc golf. Um, and that should be everybody's mindset, family over anything, always. But, um... So I ended up playing that for I for the I Illinois Open Series 107 in Northwood Park. I ended up taking 13th place in that, um, and I was super okay with. And I actually liked that tournament. That was another good tournament I enjoyed because I had 134 strokes in that, so that wasn't a lot. And um, it was I was playing it blind, didn't get a chance to go out there and practice it, and I didn't play as bad as I thought I was going to. Like I finished over, but I didn't play as bad as I thought I was going to play. So. That one kind of sits out in my mind the most because um, it was a tournament I was super nervous about. Didn't know what the court, what to expect on the course. Never seen it before. Uh, we were supposed to play the hardest course out, out there at Northwood Golds, but we had some like, bad crap weather. So we ended up getting to play the easier course, which I was thrilled about because, like I said, if I'm playing the, bad, the hardest course there blind, it's going to be a super bad time, and I'm going to end up being not wanting to be there. But... Ended up finishing okay, got 13th place out of like 20 or 30 some people, so it was a great feeling to be able to like hit right in the middle, especially in a division that I, at the time, wasn't comfortable playing in, so. Um, and then my, and then the next MA3 event didn't come until August 29th, which was the iOS 109, like I said, in Oswego, which... Just was bad weather. Just couldn't get anything going. Putts weren't going down. Uh, drives, I couldn't get anything. I kept hitting first available tree. Just wasn't a great time. Ended up finishing 30th in that. Um, next event, I ended up doing MA3 as well with the fam because I, I was like 848 rated, so I was two away from moving up. So I ended up just doing these uh, MA3 events just so I could... Because I thought I was moving up to rec, but after I did those three, I ended up staying at... Or I moved up one point. And I stayed at 849, so I was still one under. So then I ended up doing MA4 tournaments after that. But um, The fan was my next one on September 4th for MA3. And I had 124 strokes in that. I finished 6th place out of 6. Um, which would pissed me off because I could have played novice. And I told myself, I told my mom, I put, that was the first tournament I ever played last year. And I wanted to go back to redeem myself because I knew I could have played better than I did. And I play. I ended up playing MA3, took 6th place at 13 over, which is like another really bad weather day. Um, and then after the tournament, I just went to, to see what the scores were for MA4, just because I was curious. And go F and figure, 1st uh, place got 14 over. So I literally, if I would have played my division and stuck to the game and, and stuck to my game plan like I told my mother I wanted to do, I would have I would have won. It would have literally, I would literally would have won by a stroke. So, I love playing that course, Nelson Park in Decatur, because it's a really fun. And I do plan on trying to play the Foresight Decatur Open next year. Um, but, man, does that really piss me off? 
that kind of that's the tournament that kind of upsets me a little bit. Even did talking about because it's like, man, if I just played MA4, I would have won, you know. But can't really think of like that way. You can just think about it. You just did what you could. You just played what the. It was just you versus the course always is what your game plan should be or your mindset should be going in. And course just won that day. They just literally kicked my ass. The first round was fine because I went on a heater the first round at the end. I got four of the last five holes. I birdied the four of the five last holes. Uh, four of the last five holes. And um, so the second round I started off with a birdie. And then it just went downhill from there after that. So... Um, and then I did iOS 110, uh, which was it called the Ileana Open, which is over in Indiana at Lemon Lake uh, Park. And that was the was the final Illinois Open Series event of the year. And out of 13 people, I finished ninth place in that at 130 strokes. Um, I played that one. I just kind of played that one blind a little bit. I mean, I played it before, but they kind of made some changes to the whole entire course, so. Um, I was kind of playing it, uh, the new layout blind, and um, definitely wish I played it better than I did. Um, definitely some holes I wish I could have had back, but um, it was a top 10 finish. That's always the game plan, is a top 10 finish from winning until a top 10 finish you always want to go for, or play above your rating, no matter what that is. So If I finished in 45th place out of 52 people, but I played 3 points above my rating, that's a game win for me. So, Or a mental win for me, I guess. Um, and then I thought, and then after I did that one, I think the rating system came out, um, beginning of October, I believe, or the end of October, and I was at 849 rated, so I said, you know what, I'm playing this tournament, MA4, and I did the next three tournaments at MA4, finally moved up, and went on a heater, and finally moved up nine places to 858 rated, and I ended up playing MA3 uh, back on November 21st up in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 50 Acre Park uh, at the Flight of the Turkey, which was a one-round C-tier event, which I ended up playing, shooting two over, I believe, which I know I can play damn well better at that course. Just a super windy day. Didn't really take time to practice it at all. Took like two weeks off after the tournament before that. I just didn't give my body any like warm-ups at all I played West Park one time just to get my body like mentally or physically ready to like throw disc going on and couldn't get anything going ended up taking an 18th place finish and that ended my well I thought was the final end of my season and now I'm doing a one-round tournament called Shady Christmas that is also going to be MA3 at the the day after Christmas so um I ended the season in 18th place out of like 21 and or 22 people in MA3 and that just wasn't good enough for me so I would like to finish I would like to end uh, the season on a good note and finish strong uh, that's why I signed up for the Shady Christmas tournament and not only that but it was only five dollars and you have to give like a disc out but I have so many discs I can easily give new and I have a couple brand new ones that I can easily give away so I'm not worried about that and I'm kind of super excited to play another course that I've never played before and I'm so excited to see Dan Schlitter so but that was all the events that I did for MA3. Um, and then, honestly, 
MA4. Now, MA4 is the lowest division you can possibly play, but MA4 I just saw myself having a lot of success in. Um, I'm very relieved of the season I had this year because I told myself, if I'm going to move up a division, I need to at least have one win in the division that I was in before that. And we were getting really close. We were getting to the final couples. And I finally was able to take one. And I just felt to my, thought to myself, man, I, I got my... It, it took to the end of the season, but I finally got my goal. one of my goals accomplished. So, um, and I've done, like I said, I did 18 events this year. Six of them were in MA3. The other 12 were in MA4. And in... Now, this is going to sound a lot more impressive than MA3, but... In MA4 this year, which was the novice division, in 12 events... My worst finish was 15th place at the Unstable Open 3, which I have a funny story about that. And then my best finish was first place at the Illinois Valley Invitational, which was my first win on the PDGA. And then I also followed that up two weeks later at the Walnut Open with another first place finish. Um, so in 12 events, 2 wins, 11 of the 12 events were top 10 finishes, 4 of them were podium finishes. And I and I and a total of one thousand five hundred and eighty-seven strokes it took me to get and through all those events. So, um, goal always through a bunch of events is to get anything under twenty-five hundred strokes, uh, depending on how many tournaments you do. So if I like had fifteen or twenty tournaments, I always want to shoot twenty-five hundred or less. Um, and actually, I was just my mindset this year because, I, like I said, I'm kind of newer to the game. So the fact that that plus that, I was able to get right between 20,000 or 2,000 and 2,500, around like 20, 2,367 sh total strokes between MA4 and MA3. So that's like right smack dab in the middle of 20 uh, or 2,000. I keep saying 20, but 2,000 and 2,500. So um, that's another goal of mine that I love to accomplish. Uh, next year, I'm hoping to get less than 2,000 strokes. Um, but like I said, if I only play 15 to 20 events, that'll be my goal. If I play anything more than 20, it'll try and be less than 25. And then anything more than that, I'll try and go to the 35, three, between three and 3,500 or less. So, but out of those 12 events, my season started off in my first MA4 event. And that was, uh, March 20th through the 21st of this year at the Fraction Run Cup, or Fraction Cup Run 3. Uh, I finished, uh, seventh place. At 138 strokes. Uh, that was my first tournament of the year. Um, it was actually for the end of March. That'd be around the time it's kind of like getting a, starting not like not like not cold, cold, but it's like around like in the 40ish kind of degree weather. So we're kind of starting to warm up again. And that day it was like 60, and that that weekend it was like 50, I believe, the first round, and then 62 the second round, I believe. And it was just a gorgeous day. Um, a beautiful weekend for disc golf. Um, it was over at Delwood Park. Yeah, I wish I played it a lot better than I did. But like I said, my first tournament of the year, ended up taking a top 10 finish, getting 7th place, which I kind of got bummed because the first run I played extremely well. Or at least in my set, in my standards at the time. Um, and I was able to get on the lead card going into the second round. And the second round I just kind of fell apart. I just couldn't get anything putting-wise. Uh, drives were fine. Approaches were dog crap. Uh, putts were non-existent. I just, I just couldn't get it going. And then I was so bummed. But I ended up getting a seventh place finish. And this was kind of when I was starting to get in that mindset. I really need to stop checking scores after like every three holes, because that's what I keep getting in my mind is just constantly thinking of that score. 
Um, so it didn't take me until like the fifth or sixth tournament of the year to like really be like, okay, like if I'm not keeping live score, my phone's off. Um, my phone's on silent, my phone's on airplane mode, my phone's in the car. Those are my four mindsets going in, you know. Um, at this point of my, of my, me playing and, and trying to learn, learning new stuff as the, as my time in playing the sport goes on, I'm just constantly learning little knickknacks, little things here and there, so. Um, and then my next MA4 event was not until... Uh, May 16th, and that was at the Dave Pittner Memorial, uh, a memorial tournament that is ran by Scott Pittner, who, if anybody does not know who Scott Pittner is, he is the owner and operator of Paper or Plastic Sports and Games in Shorewood, Illinois, that's like right off past the 7-Eleven, past Shorewood Park. Um, sells a bunch of video game stuff there, he does magic tournaments there, if you're into those card game dueling stuff. Uh, anything disc golf related, he'll sell it to you. Um, so that was a tournament that was kind of near and dear to my heart because Scott's a really nice guy. Um, he was, Scott was the man that I met back in 2020 when we were going, or last year, I guess I should say, when we were going through that pandemic. And I was actually lucky enough to be on a card with him at the Ileana Open last year, uh, at the end of the year, so... That was my second tournament of the year of my ever playing. So, got the got the privilege and the honor to play on a uh, card with him. Super funny guy, super down to earth guy. Um, so I was so when I found out he was still doing the Dave Pittner Memorial and it was at Shanahan Park, I just couldn't pass it up. So I had to, uh, I definitely had to play that. Um, Shanahan Park is another course that I play extremely well at because it's just considered my home course. It's ten minutes away from me. Um, so I didn't, and the fact that I ended up finishing sixth place when I know I could have got second or third, um, at 132 strokes. So that was kind of a little upsetting thing for me because it's like, man, why am I not playing so well at the tournaments that I, or of course I know I can play well at. And I think that's just like the mindset is like, you shouldn't think to yourself just because you play the course a million times doesn't mean you're going to dominate it. And just, you just got to think to yourself, you just got to treat it as a course you've never played before. That's just all you gotta do. You gotta be like, okay, hold going up the hole one. Okay, I gotta do this shot, right to left to the basket. Hole two, okay, it's gonna be a shorter right to left shot. Hole three, okay, it's a, you know it's a straight shot, and then so on and so forth. So like, yeah, it just really screwed with me. So ended up taking a sixth place finish in that. Um, then I ended up playing the iOS 105, which was the first Illinois Open Series event of the year. Uh, down at Eureka Park, which on the 22nd, um, uh, they were doing like a, dip, a couple other divisions for that tournament at the temp course that you'll see at the Ledgestone uh, Open um, at Eureka Park and all that. And then I played the permanent course, and that was, oh God, I did not do well. That was probably one of my least favorite courses to play. I love the tournament, don't get me wrong, and I'm probably going to do it next year, but I just could not do anything. I ended up taking 10th place which is still a top 10 finish, and that's always the mindset goal, you know, at least to get a top 10. But I just know I finished at 138 strokes. No, I could have easily played a lot better than I did. Um, and it was just, especially a course that I practiced the course twice the day before and was doing perfect, or two days before and was feeling perfectly okay with it. Um, just couldn't get anything going, and it just sucked. So, um... 
My next MA4 event was actually the following week, and this was a tournament that I did not actually have on my schedule. Uh, a couple of people dropped out, uh, and then I just had the money at the time, I ended up saying, screw it, this is a course I played before, I feel comfortable, pretty comfortable with playing, uh, so let's just do it, you know. And I ended up, uh, and it was at the Workforce Brewing Open 3 at Heritage Park in Homer Glen, Illinois. That was ran by Delwood and Greater Joliet uh, area, uh, part of the Greater Joliet Tour Series. And I ended up taking a top five finish. I finished in fifth place at 123 strokes. Um, I finished, I think, one or two over. And that was the first tournament I ever finished at either at least one or two over. Anything else was worse than that. So that was like kind of like the, op the, mind, the kind of thing that pushed open my mind more and was like, okay... I can slowly see myself, not, not not a big push, but like a small push to slowly ease in my way into like getting better at the sport. Um, so I was overall super thrilled with how I finished. Um, I could I should have finished third place, I just had a couple bad holes at the end, but overall it was a fantastic time. I definitely want to play, it's definitely going to be on my schedule next year. Um... And sh and um, my goal for one of my goals for next year is to play more Joliet Greater Joliet Tour Series events, so I can get to the Jellies next year, and hopefully I can win an award. That'd be pretty cool. So, and then the next one was iOS number one hundred six, and that was in Sterling, Illinois, at Mississippi Park. Ended up taking 6th place in that. Uh, first round was absolute dog crap. Uh, just could not do anything. Like I said, putting was just non-existent. That, actually, putting was on that day. Driving was non-existent that day. Uh, Talked to my buddy Chris. Saying, I'm just not doing well, man. I'm not having a good time. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, if, something, if I don't do well in the next 7 holes, or the first 7 holes, I'm done. I'm like, I'm just going to leave. And that was just my mindset. And that's not a great mindset to have at, at all. Um, but he told me, he's like, you know, just finish it out strong, you want to finish it strong. Ended up finishing, and I ended up going into the second round with a better attitude. Um, ended up finishing at 148 strokes, took a sixth place finish, um, which was higher than I really thought I was going to get at that event, because I just didn't feel like I played that well at all. Um, but to be honest, that's the thing, is it's like, if you're not playing well, you, there's a good chance a lot of people aren't playing well. Uh, it's not always just going to be one person that, of course, is playing really bad. And if it is, oh my god, I'm really sorry. But And then I skipped uh, iOS 107 because I did MA3 for that one. And then my next MA4 event was the next three, four tournaments that I did. And that was iOS number 108, the Case Jackson Memorial, on July 17th of this year. And where was that at? Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Where was it at? At Round Lake, Round Lake, Illinois, and this course or this tournament kind of upsets me a little bit because I started off this tournament very, very well. I was like three under through the first like ten or eleven holes, uh, through the first twelve holes, and then I took a triple bogey on one hole, and off one hole I got even, and I think I did six over on the next holes after that. So I went from three under through the first twelve to finishing like six over through the next. Uh, six holes so it was just and then i literally had such a bad panic anxiety attack i called my mom and i'm like 
you know, not like crying or anything, but I'm just like stressed out tears and I'm just saying like, why am I doing this? Like, why did I get myself so goddamn close? Why does this happen to me every time? And my mother being a mother, she just says, it gets to that point where I'm just not listening to her. She's like, well, if that's, we're, this is not the boy I raised, you know, this is not the man that I told that I know can play this sport and play to his fullest potential, you know. If you want to quit, then just quit. That's not, but I'm telling you right now, that's not who I raised. And she said, you just need to go get something to eat, get something in your belly, and just go back and finish strong. Like, obviously, a top a podium finish is out of the question at that point. Just finish strong and get that mental mindset back up when I was going into Deagle the following weekend. And so I just listened to her. Ended up playing better the second round than I did the first. Um, finished, ended up getting another top 10 finish at 142 strokes. And just, yeah, it just, it just pissed me off because I just started off so incredibly well. Drives were working. Putts were working. I just missed the... Uh, the mandatory uh, Amando on one hole and completely effed up all my chances. So that was really discouraging. But the fact that I was able to finish strong in the second round, come in the second round, finish strong, and get a good mental mindset going into D Glow um, definitely helped a lot. So um, and then the following week, I ended up taking a mini vacation up to Milford, Michigan, and that was for the 2021 Discraft Great Lakes Open, which you guys will always watch every year on the network for the pros that they play at Toboggan, but I ended up playing at Black Locust and some other course, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, um... And after the first day, I met uh, this guy named Ryan Cook and his caddy, Todd Cavender, who I mentioned before on my show. Um, people from Michigan didn't even know, obviously knew who the hell they were. Funny was the first, very first hole, they asked me if I, if I ever played on a tournament with them before because I looked really familiar, which I laughed at because I said, well, y'all are from Michigan and I'm from Illinois, so if any, if that was to happen, it had to happen like when I first just start, when I just started. And if you guys played any tournaments in Illinois last year, like, that's the only way. And they, they didn't. But it's funny that I actually, rem they, I looked like someone they played in a tournament previous, which I th thought to myself, I'm like, there's nobody as ugly as I am that'll be in the dis in the PDGA. But I also thought to myself, how many millions? There's so many bald people in the world. Like, I could have looked and people with beards, like I could have looked like anybody. So, <laughs> but I got the honor and privilege to meet those two guys. Super funny guys. We got to be up, got the honor to be on uh, the same card all three days. We ended up just going back and forth. Uh, the first round. On the 23rd of July, I ended up finishing two under, was in solo second, losing was under was losing by two strokes. Uh, second round, I finished at one over, so I was at one under going into the final round. Uh, second round, um, I felt like I was doing okay. I was playing the course blind, never had to play it before. Um, there was two holes in a row back to back that were kind of on a slant. And I had like a 20 foot looks at birdies on both of them. One was 15, one was like 20, 25. And me being me, instead of being the smart Cody and just laying it up, taking my part and moving on and giving my opportunity and getting a chance to maybe possibly gain a stroke on Ryan, I uh, went for it, whiffed, ended up two putting both of them, taking bogeys back to back. And going back at it now, 
I probably would have just laid those up. I, I would have beaten him by a stroke, but it's just like all those little things that you, it's like those little things you always think about after the fact, you know, and that's what sucks too. It's like, man, if I would just lay up on hole 12 and hole 13 or whatever holes they were and was, was, was a smart person and not being, playing stupid, you know, I could easily, I could have won, but that, and then the final round, I just didn't play very well. I ended up doing, I believe, two over and finished one over for the tournament. Um, Ryan ended up finishing even. We were actually tied going into the second to last hole. It was a super, it was a par four, super hard left to right turn. And it was a par four, it was like 450, 475 foot hole. And I had my soul. That was a hard, that's a, that just goes a straight turn for me, straight Annie. And I could have easily just thrown that, gotten myself in a good position. At taking two shots if I needed to, getting a par, and having to see what Ryan had to do. Because Ryan let off the hole and just threw it bad, hook shot to the woods. I ended up going Essence and tried to hook, force it on Anheuser and did not turn it at all. And it ended up managing to turn like maybe 30, for 30 feet, stop, and then just do a hard dive bomb fade to the left. Uh, into the woods. So him and I were kind of in the same uh, boat. We both pitched out for the second shot. Uh, the third shot, I threw and hit. I hit uh, like the second or third available tree to the right, which put myself at like 45 feet out uh, from the basket, 50 feet. He had like the same kind of look um, going up for his third shot. And this man had a really bad low throwing shot. Ended up getting a, hitting the ground at a perfect angle. Got a really fantastic skip. Skipped 35, 40 feet past the basket. Hit the tree that hit the tree that that was that far behind the basket. Manages to hit that roll and land about 10 feet away from the basket for a tap in. So he ended up taking a par on that hole, and I took a bogey. So like that's another thing, little thing that came to the mind after the fact is that. Man, if I just would have thrown the sole, I would have tied in par. We could have had a chance of going into the last hole um, tied. And it pissed me off because we both finished the same score on the last hole. So, um, and we could have went to a playoff. But I ended up taking in a, what is considered a PDGA DGPT Elite Series event in the MA4 division at the amateur side. Was able to say I took a second place finish going into another state that I had courses I've never played before in my life. And took a second place finish and at 169 strokes, which just was an absolute incredible feeling. So um, I was super happy for Ryan to get first place, but unfortunately, I wish I could have got that. But I, but I ended up getting a nice looking plaque. wasn't as big as Ryan's, but <laughs> now I'm just teasing. But and then after I had that tournament, I ended up taking a couple weeks off and then caught myself going to the Illinois State Championships that was taking place one round at De uh, Highland Park and then the second round at Delwood Park. Ended up getting fourth place after my buddy Mike Sarah bumped me out of the third place on the final hole, draining like a 45-foot putt. And then at 127 strokes, I finished fourth place. Uh, August 21st and the 22nd, I ended up playing Unstable Open 3. At 129 throws, I finished in 15th place. And the story I have for this is, uh, this was a tournament that was at Highland Park in uh, Rockport, Illinois. 
and I started off, I did okay the first round, um, had a great final, uh, last hole, I got a birdie on the final hole, on the, on the first round, um, no, I'm sorry, that was at Illinois State, it's my bad, this was, uh, so I was feeling pretty good, I thought myself, yeah, okay, you know, I'm one over going into the second, final round, and I ended up being in solo first place up by like two or three strokes with like seven holes left, and then typical Cody fashion, just started falling apart, couldn't get anything, had one bad hole, ended up taking like a seven on it, it was like a par three, took a seven or an eight on it, uh, just was a really bad hole, and then I ended up going out of bounds on the next hole, and before I knew it, I went from two strokes up to being like five or six back in solo third place, um, ended up finishing very rough, and then I saw myself in like seventh place at the finish, and then Ryan Fancher, who's a good buddy of mine, him and Sean Callahan brought it to my attention that there was something happened on the scoring cards where the paper card didn't match up with the uh, live scoring. And somebody did paper and I did live in the first round. And the problem that happened was uh, on the final hole, I took a par and then the guy on our card took a birdie. And my dumb ass gave myself a birdie and gave the other guy a par when it should have been the other way around. And... Um, they brought that to my attention, and because that scoring error happened, um, I had to lose the stroke because they gave you know I had to lose the stroke that I accidentally gave myself the birdie, plus two more strokes added on to my score because of the scoring error. So I ended up getting 15th place because of that, which ended up being a whole scoring fiasco, and that ended up reason why it was my least favorite MA4 tournament that I did. Uh, but definitely a tournament I want to play next year because I love playing Highland and I want to redeem myself after that. But to be honest, if the way I fell apart at the end of that tournament, and if, if that sport, scoring fiasco was going to happen, uh, I'm really glad it happened when it did. So, and, and I'm really glad that I fell apart for it to happen like that. So, um, then I took the next three tournaments off for MA3. Uh, October 9th, I saw myself heading up to um, West Chicago, Illinois at the David Reed Memorial and saw myself at 114 strokes taking a third place finish. After playing a nine-hole playoff after playing hole one and then holes two and three four times each before we finally said, okay, we're just going to do a CTP on this hole. He ended up going, skipping and landing about 25, 30 feet out to the left of the basket. I ended up parking it under it. I said, I just want to give this guy an opportunity to putt. You know, if he makes it, we'll go to the next hole. And then no matter what happens, that's the CTP. Soon, he said, okay, that's cool. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity. Soon as I said it, the first thing in my head was, why the hell did I say that? I'm totally going to regret this. I'm so going to regret this. Um, he ended up hit, tickling the top of the basket, lands on top of the ba you know, the base, keeter-totters on the rim for like four or five times, and then trickles out. And my heart literally dropped all the way down to my testicles because I just could not, for the life of me, think, could not believe that I was that close to screwing my chances up and getting another plaque and another podium finish. But after all that fiasco, I was able to get the third place finish and take home the, home, take home the plaque. So, um, and then I took a week off and ended up saying, catching myself playing a two round, uh, two day event at the Illinois Valley Invitational, October 23rd and 24th. Seeing myself playing at Streeter, Merlo Park and Streeter, and then at Baker's Lake in Peru. Baker's Lake was just the shittiest day of weather, with it just being bad rain, bad wind, 
the fact that I was able to play shoot a one over in that weather, uh, I'll take that any day. Ended up get that ended up being my first win of the year, also the first win of my career. Ended up winning by seven strokes. Uh, met a cool guy on the card, uh, Wesley Martinez, who I actually became good friends with on Facebook now. Super funny guy, super goofy guy. Um, and then I took a week off for Halloween. And then caught myself playing another course blind up in Walnut, out west in Walnut, Illinois, at the Walnut Open, which I took another first place finish at 114 strokes. And I won that tournament by nine strokes. And then most recently, I... And then, like I said, that was my final MA4 tournament of the year. So the fact that my final two MA4 tournaments of the year, the Illinois Valley Invitation and the Walnut Open, I was able to go, say my goal was to at least get one win in that division, I ended up getting back-to-back -back wins. So not only to say I got two wins in the PDGA, two wins in one season, two wins on the P and, and, in my career, I can also say the fact that I got those wins were back-to-back. -back. One by seven strokes and one by nine strokes, so... Super impressive and happy with the fact that I did that. So out of that, all those events, like I said, I was able to throw a total of 367 strokes. I competed in a total of three states, a bunch, uh, I think, over 10, over 10 or 11 different cities. Uh, the start of the year, I was at an 827 rated player and currently ended the season at 858 rated, which... Bumped me up 31 points and bumped me up from MA4 to MA3. But after the performance I had at Flight of the Turkey shooting about 25, 20 points below my rating, I'm probably going to go down just a couple points. That's why I want to play the Shady Christmas and get myself, redeem myself and try and finish off this year on a good note. So, um, super okay with how I ended the season. Super happy with how my season started. Um, my plans for 2022 are this. Um, my last term, well, my last term I thought was the 21st of November. My goal was to take last week off, this week off. Starting Monday, I plan on doing a three-month program and getting, getting fit, getting, getting into the gym, getting ready for, you know, sports or whatnot, getting ready for the 2022 season. Not only that, but just getting my body healthy, getting my body physically active again. Um, there's no reason why when I come up, go upstairs at my, at my house, uh, to make something I'm winded going up 12, 12 stairs. Um, that's not healthy at all. So something needs to change. Uh, off season two, not only do I plan on working out and getting my body physically and mentally ready for the 2022 season, uh, my good buddy Alex Dank and I uh, are collaborating and doing some acoustic stuff music-wise. Uh, music is another big part of my life other than uh, disc golf. So him and I are playing some acoustic stuff in the future. Um, so look out for that. It's going to be a good time. If you ever want to come out and watch us play, it's going to be a fun time. Um, other than that, that's about what I got planned for as far as the offseason and plans to go into 2022. So, Alright guys, that about does it for this week's episode of Off the Chains, episode 13. Uh, I want to, again, take this quick second to remind everyone that Starting next week and the week after that will be my final two episodes of season one of Off the Chains. Season next week's episode we will talk more about the Shady Christmas tournament I'll be playing and other big off-season moves that do or if do happen. Um, and then episode 15 we will discuss um, what it uh, might take a week off and then come back the week before. The week after Christmas for the final episode just so we can get a chance to talk about how I performed in that. And then talk anything other than other uh, also anything disc golf related also if you have not seen my facebook post on the greater joliet area uh facebook page or the 
Circle One Disc Golf. I'm selling my Watermelon Axiom Disc Bag. I got it for $120. I bought it on a whim from Winnings. Um, I'm trying to sell it for $100. Less, the least I'll take for it is $80. Uh, I'm trying to make money to get into uh, the 8th Annual Illinois Amateur Championships in April next year. So if anybody wants to buy that off me and help me to get the funds to go to that, uh, it's greatly appreciated. Um, other than that, guys, tell someone you love them this week because not every day is guaranteed. And also follow me on Spotify, Anchor, and any other where you can follow my podcast. Um, for Cody Enervold, PDGA member number 148739. Y'all have a one fantastic night, and I will see you guys next week for episode 14. Peace!